This is from Nate at the Deep Purple Podcast. You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 231, Deep Purple, Total Abandoned Australia 99 Part 2. And coming to you from the sickly and soggy suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the underwater suburbs of oh. Providence, I'm your co-host, John the Ark Matola. Oh, no. So I guess we're both having similar experiences with um, uh, wet days. Oh, oh, I got one of these these uh, te- texts on my phone here, the, one of those emergency, you know, things. It's just like, um, oh, don't leave your house. Yeah. <laughs> and to, you know, because it's an emergency type type thing. And I'm like, oh, boy, it's a good thing I'm here. Like flood warning in effect, like life threatening situation. Like, OK, I don't see how it's life threatening. It's water. <laughs> well, in, in spoken like suburbs. someone who's never been trapped in their house and rescued by a by the police in a boat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, like. In the Northeast, uh, not on the coast. You know what I mean? I was in the Northeast, man. When I was in New York, we got that. When Irene came through, the the storm surge came through, and we woke up the morning, and we looked out the window, and there was water right outside our window. And the the police had to come in a boat, and we had to get in the boat, and they put us in a... uh, like, uh, me and Jen climbed up into a, you know, what, a, like an excavator, like the front of an excavator just came down. We got in the, the, the little bin and they carried us over to the street. Fine, mm. where I live. <laughs> where you live. Yeah, I was right okay. by the beach. Yeah, well, see, I'm not by, I'm not anywhere near the beach, so. And you're not near the malls where it always floods really bad and those, and like the Rhode Island Mall or the Warwick Mall, one of those. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, to clarify, my my area is not. But I mean, you know, I guess they're talking about all Rhode Island, Massachusetts, whatever. So, I mean, you know, I know that warning goes out for more than just my little my little square. But yeah, anyways. Yeah. So it's um, it's wet. (laughs) Sounds it. Yeah. Oh, we've it's been pouring rain here all day. And of course, I, I just got back from my second walk with the dog in the pouring rain. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Of the day. And I've, we've all been sick. Every, the second, the second we were done with our, sh- with our last episode on this, on this show, I, um, uh, I woke up the next, I was up in the night. I just felt horrible. I was sick, took a bunch of COVID tests, negative on all of them. Everyone in the family sick. Now my son was home from school. We're all congested and coughing. I'm going to have to use the cough switch for the people coughing upstairs, um, as well as me. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been, it's been a rough, uh, a rough few days. Uh, but, but here we are, uh, back on the, the, the second, uh, second part of the show going to power through it and, um, hopefully get some rest. I took like a two hour nap today. So I'm actually feeling pretty good. Um, hoping this rolls over into tomorrow, <clears throat> but anyway, that's, uh, that's my story. Apparently we're both being inundated by flood, flood warning. Actually, I didn't, we usually get these flash flood warnings all the time and I haven't seen one today. 
Um, so I guess we're in the clear. Um, so yeah, if you want to help support our show, you can do so in a number of ways. One is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We've been in a little bit of a, it might be raining here, folks. We're in a bit of a drought with our five-star reviews. We were coming hot and heavy as soon as we announced our, our, our wonderful prize. Um, which we haven't really said what it is because we don't know yet, but we're going to give you a prize if you break the hundredth five star review. So get at it, folks. We got we're, we're getting closer and closer every time. We want to we want to give this uh, pr- prize, whatever it may be, some signed merchandise, some um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll take some random postcards here. <laughs> no, I wouldn't part with those. Um, uh, you know something we'll, we'll send we'll send you a nice little care package of deep purple uh podcast merchandise if you write that review um you can also become a patron on patreon for as little as one dollar a month or paypal help support the show that way gets you access to our exclusive patrons only discord chat as well as our um rating spreadsheet if you want to check our ratings and see what see how we're crazy you can do so that way um and here we go. Um, as of writing this, uh, writing this, saying this, uh, I think the cough medicine is making me a little loopy, though. Uh, the cold medicine, the Alka-Seltzer cold. Um, this is our last recording before we go see Glenn Hughes. So it's uh, this show comes out on the 18th. The show is going to be the next day at the Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts. If you're interested in going, I, there, there may be still tickets available. And let us know in the chat, via email, via social media. If you're interested in a meetup, uh, we'll be meeting up somewhere somehow. Um, so please do let us know about about meeting up. So excited about that. Where Where's the where's the meetup place? Hmm. So right now it is planned. I planned it to be at a... Uh, at a place called Armsby Abbey. I thought it was on a place Main called Street. Was it at Rascals? Oh no, that's where you went for the other show, right? Yes, a good time place for good time people. Yeah, that's right. Okay, sorry, I'm a, I'm one meetup behind. Where Rich and I saw saw Scott Farkas in the crowd from <laughs> A Christmas Story. He was bullying the guitar player. He's like, "Do it." <laughs> play smoke it. on the water <laughs> no you have I'll to give be, you a purple nurple he'd have to be like like rallying for like a what's a what's a deep purple song that no one would want to hear or that that people wouldn't you know that he like play place in line yeah <laughs> i was gonna just say place in line. well that, that would no, be but for it was you this, like 50 something odd year old guy like with red hair and the coonskin cap and like yep. Rich is sitting there and he's like I think that's Scott Farkas over there. He was going for the look. Yeah, I would I would do it. I would put on the coonskin cap if it meant he would play Mary Long. Mm. But, but uh yeah that was uh that was a that was a different place other side of the same city. Oh um, the, the 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 south side or the north side of Worcester the sketchy part know. of town mm. <laughs> or isn't you that just all, known as Worcester? You mean all of it <laughs> but um but yeah, this um yeah, this place is uh very cool, very close to the venue. Um um uh, very cool bar atmosphere. Like I haven't been there in um in a while. Um I think I mentioned before this place was open in one incarnation or another when I was much younger, and then I went a couple of times. Um I think once I when I was up there for the Dio hologram show, I went with one of my Oh, that's uh, right. It was friends. the same place, right? Yeah. Did you go with you? Yeah, yeah. Coming and, to um, come coming to an episode near you someday. 
We've been talking mm. about it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just uh, availability, you know, yeah. schedules have to line up. Um, but I think I went after, too, like either the same year or later on with uh, my brother and my cousin. We were like passing passing through the area. And I was like, hey, I just went to this really cool place. And so it's, um, yeah, I think it um, it would be much fun. Awesome. Looking forward to it. All yeah. right. Well, speaking of our patrons, folks, we have to thank them. And coming in at our executive level at the $25 Uncommon Man tier, we have Ovis Nakfi and Purple Maniac. At the 15 Squid tier, we have none other than Alan. We have at the, the 10 pound Good Doctor tier, we have Dr. Jill Brees. And on the chat, Dr. Mike Catan. At the Turn It Up to $11 tier, we have Clay Wambacher, Frank Teelgard Mortensen, Mikkel Steen, and Will Porter, PhDPP. At the $10 Someone Came tier, we have Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, and Better Call Saul Evans. And then, of course, at the Hughes Oween by 2033 tier, we have Fielding Fowler. I saw you waiting for it. <laughs> for a minute, I'm thinking that son of a bitch <laughs> because it was it was fading out. I'm like, you didn't do it. I said I did all those blizz for nothing. <laughs> for no, oh yeah, it was, it was a lot of work for you. <laughs> well, it's funny because oh. I I took the blues and I dropped them into that project, and then like I just I just like I was like organizing it. And I just threw it wherever, and then I was like setting all the levels and everything, and then I just I was it right. I just threw it right at the end there, and I was just like. Ah, I'm not even going to touch it. I'm just going to leave it like that. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, uh, Fielding Fowler. Mm. And then at the In Memoriam tier, we have, of course, the wonderful Gerald Jerry Kelly and his family. Thank you so much for your support. All right. Well, before we move on, we, of course, have uh, one popular segment. Well, I don't know if it's popular, but it's common. It's a common segment. And that is, of <laughs> course... Well, it must be popular, but it's postcards from the edge of Connecticut. It must be popular because it's catching on and more people are sending them. So this is a really interesting one. This one, um, uh, too bad Raf Kaff isn't in the chat, but um, what does it say? Uh, Ein Stuck Oktoberfest. And it's um, it's probably hard to tell in the video, but it's actually like it's a it's a coaster. It's like coaster material and it's signed by Peter Gardot. We could, oops, you can see right there. Signed by Peter. And it says, Nate, now here's an Oktoberfest greeting for you. It starts September 18th for you, Peter. And uh, interesting that he should say that because um, when this show comes out, it's going to be September 18th. So I have, of course, uh, if you've listened to the show, my favorite Iyengar um, Marzen Oktoberfest beer. So I'm just going to pop that open right now. Even though I'm hopped up on cough medicine, I am. Uh, listen to that glug glug. Oh, look at that. Look at that rich. I can see it. I can't hear it. Look at that rich lather. Oh, you can't hear it because I turned off the. Uh, <laughs> that rich lather. What are you soaping yourself up? <laughs> rich lather. Hey, rich lather. Nice to meet you. Um, a, yeah, it sounds like a uh, sounds like an old movie star. <laughs> hey, look, it's rich lather. Hey, how you doing? Rich lather. 
<laughs> That'd be my new name for Rich. Look at this. Ah, oh, look at this. Hmm. Gets better every year. Fantastic. So, yep, Oktoberfest starts right now with me. Uh, and I get this beer early. I buy a whole case of it. Split it between me and my father-in-law because... Uh, it sells out fast. Usually it's gone by like August or September. So I've had it for a little bit. Very, very happy about that. So thank you for the, I, I don't want to put my beer on this postcard, um, but it's, it's a nice one. Um, oh, Peter says I should sign the coaster. Is it weird though if I sign it and it's for myself? <laughs> <laughs> no, Peter no, says no. No, no. <laughs> All right, of well, course, that's, of course you wouldn't. That's good enough for me, folks. Weird. I'm gonna. Yeah. I don't have a sharpie on me, so um, you know, all all uh, professional, famous people like me, famous podcasters, should always travel with a um, a sharpie. But I will sign that later. And I'll, you know, I'm gonna put it. I don't know. Should I put it in? My, I've got my stack of coasters here that I've signed, but I also have my postcard bin. So I'm I'm a little conflicted. Um, so I'm gonna put it in the postcard bin for now. There we go. And uh, thank you. Thank you for the, the wonderful greeting. Really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so uh, interestingly, um, while we don't um, we don't have uh, oops, we don't have a uh, a concert review for anything Deep Purple related. I did go to a concert last night. We, my wife and I briefly felt better and we had bought tickets a while ago. So we went to go see Cake um, downtown at the Salt Shed. It was awesome. So, and um, for any cake fans out there, yeah, there you go. The only band that has, uh, uh, you know, is somebody who who plays Vibraslopped on almost every song. It's uh, it was pretty oh, great. Interesting. Yeah, it was it was really no good. Do you like them? <laughs> What's that? No wonder you like them. No wonder I like them. Yeah, the Vibraslap. Um, yeah, it's great. We, we used to cover a band I was in. We used to cover a few cake songs, um, but. Big fan of that band. Um, it's a very strange band, uh, but they put on an amazing show. They did two sets, and they played their um, uh, they played their "Smoke on the Water" at what, at what seemed like the end of the show. They didn't do like the standard like pretend encore thing, but they did their their song. You know that they're mm. you know going the distance, right? He's going yeah. the distance. <laughs> you know that one, right? Yeah. yeah. He's going for speed. So they played that and like everyone just started leaving. And then they were just they then they just kept playing and, and people were like, well, what else could they? So they play after that. They played War Pigs because they do a cover of War Pigs. And it's awesome. Mm. And then they did one other song. And I think they ended with uh, I Will Survive. So it was because they did. The, they ended with like two out of their three last were uh, covers, which was pretty cool. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. It's a cool venue, too, because it's all, like, outdoor, on the water, and but there's, like, you can get seats. Like, there's bleachers to one side, and then there's, like, a balcony to one side that looks over, and then the general admission is all just down there. But there's, mm. it's surrounded by, it's like a festival almost. It's surrounded by food trucks and little stands where people are making food. So we got, like, you know, instead of getting crappy venue food, we got pierogies and uh, uh, some brats. We got poutine. We had some nice beer. It was great. And then woke up this morning feeling like crap. Great. Sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you want to check out any like-minded podcasts to ours, check out deepdivepodcastnetwork.com where all fine podcasts are gathered, single deep dive podcasts about bands, albums, and, and the like. All right. So when we left you last time, we were talking about... 
this concert. We were halfway through. We had just wrapped up. What song had we just wrapped up? Uh, help us in the chat. <laughs> Can't I think forget. Of, it was uh, um, uh, sometimes I feel like screaming, I think. Uh, so here we go. We're going to kick it back into this show. Let me just kind of cue it up here. And the next part of the show is actually a Steve Morse guitar solo. So here we go. Go to the, sorry for the delay. And here we are, Steve Morse guitar solo. And they're wrapping up the song. And where we last left you, everyone in the everyone in the chat agreed. Fantastic performances all around. Yes. Oh, and I think this happened too, right? Like the sound just cut out for like a partial yeah. second there. Mark says, let's see what Gillen's shirt says. That's right, we were struggling to kind of find out what his shirt said. Maybe we're starting with a John Lord solo. I think having this beer was a mistake. I didn't have dinner yet and I'm starving. <laughs> oh boy. Very different looking at this versus watching Cake last night because Cake is not not a group of virtuosos by any means. There were no solos. I guess. They did raffle off a tree, though. <laughs> a witch hazel tree. The audience is like so calm and like captivated. Oh, how could you not be? Yeah, it'd be weird to kind of just be making a fool of yourself during the wow during this volume swells. <laughs> no place, feed king. All right, king. <laughs> Women lifting up their shirts. <laughs> John Lord was giving him a little applause there. It's really interesting watching his technique. Like, I don't know what his mm. training was or like how he like really learned to play, but it's amazing when you see people at this level that break all of the, you know, quote, rules. 
because rules are kind of bogus when it comes to this stuff, but like, you know, he's got his thumb completely wrapped around that thing at all times, and they're always like, no, the thumb must be in the back of the fretboard, and you, you know, must be positioned this way. So you, you know, by like, by the book, his technique is like not correct, but it's like, who cares? I mean, if it works for him, I mean... I mean, the end result is in, what does it sound like? You know, Jimi Hendrix played a right-handed guitar left-handed, with a, but strung right-handed, and <laughs> mm, <laughs> nobody, yeah. uh, nobody's like, oh, that's not proper. <laughs> Gets enough praise heaped on him. I think his I think his thumb is always wrapped around like his thumb is like two strings down or three three strings down wrapped around the he must be using it to mute some strings cool to do like a really awesome like atmospheric solo like this very different to the style that would have been popular 10 or 15 years early earlier like um you know like the randy Rhodes solo and tribute or something i feel like this is uh <clears throat> very in line with what purple would do anyways because richie had a lot of moments where he would just go oh. off into stuff. It wasn't just like shredding all the time or, you know, a lot of loud soloing and rubbing the guitar on his ass. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't exactly like this. Like, I mean, Morris like kills him on the volume swells. Like, I mean, they're two completely different guitar players, but <clears throat> I don't know if Richie could do a volume swell solo of this length. No, I mean, yeah, because he's been doing it for how long now? Um, and it's captivating. Five minutes now, yeah. Hot take in the chat from the good doctor. He says Blackmore was actually the third best guitarist in the history of Deep Purple. Wow. I'm, I'm, you're in a safe place, though, where you could say that. If you did that in some Facebook groups, they would like, <laughs> they'd probably pouse. Roast you. I, say, I didn't really think much of Morris before we started covering him, not meaning I didn't think he was good, but, you know, I wasn't too interested. Um, but he's he's definitely make it, it makes it difficult to pick a favorite. Yeah. I mean, when you look at. When you look at just like the, the various styles too, and I think when I first heard Perpendicular, I didn't didn't really, I mean, I I liked him a lot, and I loved Perpendicular even when I first heard it, but it didn't click with me until we started hearing a lot more of Morse's stuff that is that about his actual style versus, like I think I've said it before, I just was like, oh, he's just like some shredder I hadn't heard of pr previously, <clears throat> but yeah. just couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, unless it's in like a really cheesy ass band, I really don't dismiss any quote unquote shredders anymore or, uh, you know, really technical players, because if they know what they're doing, if they 
are smart with their technique, then they wind up playing like Morris. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, this is great, yeah. Scott's appreciating the close-up on the hi-hat. They've done it a few times now. <laughs> <laughs> A little, little look he just gave John. Is that like a big gong in the background? Like, it's like way, it's way over to like, right to Steve's left. This See, really like sounds big... like kind of the outro of the solo to like uh, Highway Star. Yeah, they do this kind of, gives kind you of that, motif. That feeling. Kind of often. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great, uh... Did he break a string? Wow. Yeah, I think he did. He's getting a yeah. new guitar now, see? It's a hell of a solo. Yeah, I think right at the end there was this... It looked like there was a string hanging off his guitar. Mm. Now, is this just like you wonder, is this like planned or did they just kind of throw that in there? <laughs> like he start playing and everyone's like, oh, we'll join in. They obviously throw in little yeah. classic rock staples in, in a lot of their concerts. <laughs> Mark saying, play Stairway. <laughs> the Speed King guy is going to be there. Play Stairway. Stairway. I have to say, with the Deep Purple guitar players, between Richie, Tommy, Steve, and Simon, it's like, I don't know if you could really pick a favorite. I think you could just have favorite moments from all of them, because to me, I just feel like they're all equal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Yeah. I can't say that I love one more than the other, because Richie plays something, I'm like, oh, he's the best. And then I hear yeah. <laughs> Morris do this, I'm like, no, he's the best. Then you hear Simon, who hasn't even been with the band for that long. You're like, no, he's the best. So it's like they all have their strong points. They all brought something really unique to the band. Well, I think 
this is an awesome solo. <laughs> it's just like, it's yeah. just like the band's coming in and out. It sounded like he was going into Eddie Van Halen and then he... <laughs> there we go. A deep Purple covering Van Halen. It must have been frothing at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically the Kinks. Yes. Well, the Kinks didn't sound that heavy. Wow. That's like really a uh, good left-hand control there. He's got huge hands. Oh, now he's covering Deep Purple. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> he was taking you through some uh, some classic riffs. It's like he was trying to lure Ian on stage, and he's like, Zeppelin, he's like, no, nope, I'm not playing that. Kinks, no, nope, I'm not playing that. Smoke on the water? Nah, I'm sick of that one, too. Next. <laughs> yeah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. It's a hell of a show after not being in Australia for what 15 years is a hell of a show to come back for. Mm. Alright, we're on alert to find out what his uh, shirt says. Whoop. <laughs> I like that. Whoop. That was cool. A little. I love this era where Ian just occasionally just goes up to, <laughs> up to John Lord and just like hovers over him. <laughs> Reminds me of being like in the kitchen trying to cook something and my kids are just like around me. I'm just get, get away. I'm trying to do something. <laughs> John Lord is throwing in some extra juice there too. Oh, you could hear Steve a little bit there singing along with him. Oh, somebody's just in the audience was just head banging like they were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the Speed King guy. <laughs> Oh, actually, that dude's loving it. I don't know what it is about, like, when... when I mean, I, I guess, you know, you love a song, you love a song, so you get really into it, but it always seems like people are surprised when they play the song. Oh, my God! He's smoking on the water! 
<laughs> that guy was in the audience just like, yes, I never could have in my wildest dreams. I could never have imagined that they would have busted this one out. They're he acting like the same way like th as that I would act if they actually played like uh, Mary Long. I'd be like, oh, I'd be the only one freaking out. Everyone would be like, go into the bathrooms. <laughs> Punches his buddy. Can you believe it? They're playing smoke on the water. <laughs> they, just bust, they just busted into it. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, Mark, Mark saying uh, Steve Morse looks more like Jesus than Gillen at this point. Yeah, I would say. True. Man, John Lord's really just going for it. He's throwing in a lot of extra little bits. <laughs> yeah! He's singing with Steve Morris. He's like, yeah, you know the words. Awesome. <laughs> Come on, sing it. Sing it, Stevie. Oh, having the crowd sing along. Singers can never hear you. Oh, that guy was going for it. I was seeing something, something came up on my Instagram feed. I think it was today. Of like, I can't, I don't even know who it was, but he was, he was singing into the microphone and they went to the audience and he gave it to like some woman and then she started singing. He was like, oh no, he took the microphone back. <laughs> she said she was sounding horrible. <laughs> He's like, no. He's no, like, no, I no, misjudged no. this one. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Look at that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not wearing the Deep Purple t-shirt. He's wearing the UFO t-shirt. Look at all those empty seats. Right in the front there. I wonder what Ian Gillen's last... We'll have to do an episode on Ian Gillen's conga use over the years. When the last time he played the congas. Woo! That was like almost just one continuous piece from the solo through A Smoke on the Water. Yeah. Oh. Now John's getting his moment to shine. <laughs> That's nice. Probably overdue to do another Smoke on the Water episode. You think? Yeah, every time somebody sends me a, a weird cover of Smoke on the Water, I just like throw, I, I tag it in my email. <laughs> I wait until I get enough of them and then I'm like, ah, oh, we can do another episode. <laughs> Everyone seems to really be at the peak of their powers here. Oh, yeah. So I think anyone that would like skipped out on this tour, like us, <laughs> us dummies, 
was really was really missing mm. out. Yeah, I mean, these guys are like old enough to have a lot of experience and be really good, but not so old that they are losing anything. Right. And they, yeah, they have the experience to not just be like out there just going too, too crazy. Like, uh, I mean, at this point, how many concertos had John Lord written? <laughs> yeah, a few, maybe. What was the, uh, I'm trying to think of what I, now I can't think of their angry eagle, <laughs> joyous wolf. <laughs> I was trying to remember what Gardot called it. Did he call them angry eagle or something? Yeah. <laughs> like that guy was doing the backflips and everything. I was like, man, that guy, he can't keep this up for very long. <laughs> yeah. That's when you're hungry and trying to make a name for yourself. Oh, yeah, I mean, okay, you know what? If I could do backflips like that, I'd be doing it, too. But, you know, you blow out your back. <laughs> Gardo said he had a cucumber in his pants. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I know at one point he was going in the row right behind me doing the backflips, and I was like, man... People in the audience are kind of figuring out what they're going for now. Yeah, I agree with Mark Roback. Could just listen to this guy riff all day. And I feel like with the with the Lord solo segments and the Airy solo segments. They're very similar, like the way they construct them. Like, I don't know if that's conscious, if that's just Aerie's style, but, or if he's trying to imitate Lord. Mm. But the way they construct them is very similar, even though they're different. But I can listen to those guys riff all day. They leave you wanting more. Welcome to uh, Steve Down to Earth Kohler. Just joined the chat. Now Steve is all up in John's personal space.
<laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, he busts out the big chain. He looks like Ian looks like the rock now <laughs> with the black shirt and that gold chain. <laughs> he just needs that big watch. <laughs> you know that classic uh, picture of the rock? Yeah. He's got the turtleneck on and the gold chain. <laughs> no, I, I think guess he borrowed some of Steve's puka shells. Shirt said, so. I think he lost the shirt. He got a new one, right? Yeah. Sorry, Mark. We're going to have to. Um, find someone that was at the show that has like some good pictures of the band it seemed like a swag shirt like you know I don't know Dunlop <laughs> Dunlop gave them some shirts and he just threw it on or something he's like this will be good to wear under my admiral uniform for <laughs> the first part of the show That's a good question. Gardot is asking about when they go to these other countries, do they have to worry about different frequencies? I know they I know with the electric, I know there was some issues with. And I might not be informed enough to know, but with the Hammond organ, I know in some of the countries based on the current it was getting, it would actually be like out of tune. So they would have to like do something to the organ because it was getting a certain amount of electricity at a different frequency or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm sure they've got folks on the road crew. By this point, folks on the road crew that are very well versed in the different electrical standards. Hey, he didn't bring out the harmonica at the beginning of the song, did he? Just at the end. No, he. Oh, did he? Yeah, for the solo. Yeah. I thought he just busted it out at the end. No. You just weren't paying attention. Well, what else is new? <laughs> Super, thank you very much. I thank you! What thank you! <laughs> Don't jump! Did you say don't jump? Yeah. <laughs> he said I can see right up your nose. He's probably pointing at some woman with a skirt. What a horn dog. <laughs> 48. We'd like to do the title track of... The album Perfect Strangers, and the song's called Perfect Strangers. <laughs> this is a great intro. <laughs> he's a, you know, he just talk all this nonsense, and he's just still hilarious. He's, well, it's, he just has so much charm that it doesn't matter yeah. what he says. <laughs> John Lord <laughs> pretending he forgot the next part. I think These he's guys. like, oh, we had this album called Perfect Strangers, and uh, we're going to do the song from it. It's called Perfect Strangers. Like, he, they could have just played the intro, which is what they normally do, and then everyone goes nuts.
This is another one right here. Like this song they played then, they played it recently. Still yep. sounds great. Oh, yeah. And I'll never forget the first time I heard the song. On a, I think it was the um, Nobody's Perfect live version. And mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't believe this was Deep Purple and like how heavy it was. Just still gets me every time I hear that, that breakdown in the middle. But one of those great rare songs that like is like a Deep Purple classic after their initial run. And yeah. it's great on the record. It's great live. And it's still great live now with like most of the same band members. Yeah, and I'm surprised they don't pay, play um, Knocking on Your Back Door more often. Mm. This is another one from that album that's just classic. And I just feel like in Perfect Strangers, to me, it seems like lyrically they were at their strongest. And I don't know, I'm sure Roger played heavily into that, but I just love that album lyrically. They're still doing that part, or they were at least. I feel like they have to up the crowd noise. I don't know if the audio CD, because honestly, I've never heard the audio only version of this. Mm -hmm. I feel like they need to bump up the crowd noise. Hear a little something, you know? Eh, I'm fine with no crowd noise. I like hearing some of that feedback, you know? I mean, even if it might be like a laugh track or whatever, it's just... <clears throat> a laugh track. John Lord pretends to forget the beginning of Perfect Strangers. Ooh. <laughs> that would be great if he, he does that thing where he's like, oh, oh and then everyone's like... <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do the uh, remastered 2023 version of this live concert and put in a laugh track. (laughs) Laughing at Ian's stage banter and laughing at John Lord. That'd be great. Yeah, just like the canned laughter. (laughs) This is the title track from Perfect Strangers, and it's called Perfect Strangers. (laughs) (laughs) You need to find just the right canned laughter, too. Every time this just takes me back into Paul's at Paul's house listening to this on his crappy little CD player. Probably playing some computer game at the same time and just being like, whoa.
John Lord's just on fire. The Diver. Looks like a Batman comic book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Awesome. Thank you very much. I thank you. Look at you. <laughs> right, okay. It's time for a... Uh, Drink. I mean, a lullaby. <laughs> this would be a small sort of um, Armenian, oh, sorry, Australian, <laughs> sort of tango type, rumba, conga type. What, a lullaby and a drink is what? Halfway between a lullaby and a drink. Perfect. <laughs> Halfway between a lullaby and a drink. Anyway, it's, a, it's one of those things that... You just can't quite get off to sleep. You need <laughs> this just nice little gentle quiet. <laughs> All right. Speaking! I wanted to edit that in, but I can't play sound clips while I'm playing this. <laughs> Gardo is sending me up. Some stock uh, laugh tracks. <laughs> Be sure to Speed use them. King. Now, this is a very long version of Speed King, so we're, we're probably in for a, a nice little roller coaster oh, yeah. ride here. Gardo says, why does this remind me of Little Richard song? And they said, not this part. <laughs> well, it's funny because yeah, that's more. like, that's what they were going for, right? Was this, this like kind of yeah. throwback to the, the, the 50s rock and roll songs that they grew up with and loved. And it's interesting how it comes off as something so different. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to, you could throw in like, woo, shut up.
funny you can see the uh, set list hanging when they show John Lord. Set list is like right on that thing right by his side. See it? Right by behind Steve Morse. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the set list. <laughs> well, I could tell a Black Knight is going to be one of the encores. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I don't know if you could see that possibly from the audience, but that would kind of ruin it. And then Highway Star. Spoiler alert. Oh. On this 25-year-old concert. Simon and Ari were doing something similar to this, right? During Hush. The last time we saw him. I mean, how happy do you think that John Lord and the rest of them must have been at this point, too, that they were able to have that kind of back and forth and bust out tunes like this without worrying about, like, Richie's bullshit? Yeah, I mean, it had to be... Like, look at them. <laughs> they shake hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's your crowd noise, Nate. There you go. I finally pu pumped it up a little bit. Oh, there goes Roger just. Yeah, it's about time. Need some Roger uh, jam in here. Yeah, they're just, we've talked about it a million times, but they're just having so much fun together. Where was I reading recently? Somebody was, I can't remember if it was a Deep Purple interview or someone else for talking about how, you know, tension can create great music, but they were kind of like disputing that. Yeah. I mean, it can, but I mean, I don't it, think it's sustainable. Right, right, exactly. Like, you don't always want to be, like, argue for, like, 20 years, be, like, hate each other. But also, I don't, I don't think that what they were doing with Richie was even close to their best stuff at, at the, you know, Perfect Strangers was incredible, but they never yeah. got close to that, in my opinion. No. Until Richie left. I mean, they had some good moments. They had stuff that translated great. Sure. Um, live, but, you know, I mean, they're, they're amazing musicians. You put them on stage and you have them do a live show and it's going to sound great it's gonna be great for you know they'll have their bad nights like anyone but a bad night for these five guys is 
a good night for almost any other band. That was a hi-hat for you, Scott. Like he's doing all his Tom work and they're focused on the hi-hat. <laughs> uh, typical uh, Deep Purple photography. <laughs> At least it's not uh, all Steve's solos from behind the guitar. <laughs> it comes from out of nowhere. Oof. Gillen with that necklace looking like the rock is killing me. I think it's because he got the short hair too. into a little uh, Jerry Lee. Fitting for being in the middle of Speed King. Assuming yeah. the middle. tough one to do. <laughs> I, He's cracking him up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at this point, like, his best days of doing that are behind him, and now it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, the next bit. <laughs> Hold the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little Ian Gillen uh, finger tap there. That was that was good.
They're getting more than they uh, banked on for this reunion, in my opinion. This is great. Fifteen minute version of uh, Speed King here. (laughs) (laughs) That pretty good. I nailed the laugh. Yep. (laughs) Love that. I mean, that whole middle bit was a lot of fun just because they were having fun. Yeah, they were having a blast. You know, like, you're not thinking, like, oh, like, Gillen's not the vocalist he used to be or whatever. I mean, you know that. But, I mean, he's not trying to... He's just trying to goof around, and they were having a ball, and it was fun to watch. Thank you so much. Good night. That's what's great about the band at this time. That wouldn't have happened with Richie. And like, don't touch my fretboard. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> here, hold the mic. He would have held it out. He just would have dropped to the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or she's like, I'm not picking it up. <laughs> Tossing out picks like it's going out of style. Pretending that the show is over. Like these pe- the people are in the audience are like hugging and high fiving. <laughs> like, oh hell yeah, they haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, oh, well, quick cut. <laughs> We've had a few sightings in the audience. One of Tiny Tim and one of Kenny G. <laughs> Tiny Tim. Make note of that timestamp. In the video around the one hour and 45 minute mark.
<laughs> the whole audience is one step ahead of them. I don't know if they're going to be in the right key. We'll find out. saying have Kenny Ken, Kenny G and that guy ever been seen in the same place and I don't believe they have been I was talking with some ladies at the pool a couple weeks ago <laughs> we were talking about how my son was doing this project for school on 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 saxophone and he wanted to do it on Kenny G but there's no books about Kenny G. As I found that hard to believe that he doesn't have like a biography or something because he's such a cultural uh, icon. Huh. And I was like, I should write it. It's like, I know nothing about Kenny G. <laughs> That's something you don't think about until yeah. you bring it up. Like, huh. Yeah, because he's like probably huge, right? No books I mean, about like, Kenny G. I mean, you know, he's kind of like a punchline and he gets, you know, he's like the butt of jokes and stuff, but he's a terrific player you know you might not be into his style of music but um it's funny that he wouldn't have an autobiography out there or a biography at all he's never gone back to that other guitar they never restrung it up for him unless i was mistaken and he didn't break a string but he seems to be doing pretty good with this one he's doing okay yeah I mean, he's hitting all of his just fine. Yep. <laughs> Gillen's doing his little his little hand flutter. <laughs> jazz hands. So it kind of looks like jazz hands. Oh, Mark Roback says Kenny G's a really good golfer. Getting more material for my book here. Look at that, Nate. You already got chapter one. <laughs> Kenny G, he's a really good golfer. Chapter two, the saxophone. <laughs> he played golf and also the sax. <laughs> Secondarily, he enjoyed playing the saxophone. <laughs> Scott Haskins throwing some artificial information out there. He auditioned for Metallica. Michael Bolton was going to be in Black Sabbath, you know. Kind of a same, similar sort of. Michael Bolton's really leaned into his, like, I don't know what you'd call it, but he's leaned into his fame recently. 
he's in like this uh, cartoon that my kids watch and he, he does this like they do this like really up it's it's called an upbeat inspirational song it's an upbeat inspirational song and Michael Bolton actually sings it and it's like it's really funny wow <laughs> and then he did that bit on Saturday Night Live about Jack Sparrow do you remember that one oh they brought him into like a studio to like to, to sing the hook on like a rap song, but he had just seen Pirates of the Caribbean and he was like obsessed with it. So he's just singing about <laughs> Jack Sparrow <laughs> during the during the uh, the chorus. It's hilarious. Yeah, Roback Roback saying that Michael Bolton was a rocker. Yep. My girlfriend and my girlfriend in high school. Her mom had the Blackjack CD with Michael Bolton and Bruce Kulick. And wow. I remember, I was like, what is this? And she's like, Blackjack. And I was like, and it was a Michael Bolton. I was like, whoa. I, it, that blew my mind that he was in a rock, like a rocking band. He was heavy. He was heavy, heavy Bolton with Bruce Kulick. That's funny, when, when they busted out Black Knight, when I talked about people getting excited, like, whoa! Like, when we were at um, the show in... Is it New Jersey or Philly? I can't remember which one, but... I think it was the Philly show, and I was sitting next to Nick from the Highway Star. When they played Black Knight, he was so excited. I was like, this is like, this is the guy. This is like the guy who runs the Highway Star. He's been, a, he's been a Deep Purple fan forever. He was so excited about them playing Black Star. He was singing along, playing Black Knight, rather. He was singing along. He was yeah. so happy. It was just, like, great seeing that, you know? That after all these mm. years hearing that song so many times live and every other way and just still receiving that much joy from it. It's just beautiful. Right, here we go. The way they usually open shows these days. Mark saying then Michael Bolton became a no-talent ass clown. <laughs> like, office space. I always love when they open in um, Denmark with this song. It's like, oh, this might be our opener for the next year or so. <laughs> Give or take 50 years. Right. Oh, it's a little pick in his pick guard there. I used to do that. The only thing I have in common with Steve Morris is playing. <laughs> Great DVD. You can get it inexpensively on Discogs or eBay or might even be on Amazon. Yeah. 
it's amazing that they're still able to pull this one off really well live because it's it's a tough one vocally. Mm -hmm. And for him to open with it, cold is tough. Back says Gillen's hitting those congas like he's auditioning for Santana. Hoy <laughs> <laughs> como Gillen. <laughs> Glover and uh, oh, look at that. Morse with the synchronized head banging. John Lord should let go of that ponytail and join him. Hey, John Lord is one of the few people that I think, as he got older, got more badass looking. Yeah, and he started off really badass looking, so it's like, how yeah. how could he go up from there? It's incredible. It's like the only <laughs> dude that, like, went gray and, like, got older, and you're just like, how could he look even cooler? Gardo is saying there's a kiss kiss army look like with them doing those synchronized uh, moves. Yeah, they stole the they deuce choreography. They would have had to do more of this, though. I love when he puts his arm like this like on his side. <laughs> His arm is akimbo. Can you have just one arm akimbo, or do you have to have both of them to be akimbo? <laughs> Gillen's like, I'm gonna try. He's gasping for breath, though. <laughs> Gulping oxygen, as uh, Chris L would say. Describe the Elaine dances arms akimbo in the episode. I don't remember that. <laughs> it would make sense because he's he's in his he's mid Elaine Bennis uh, transformation at this point. He didn't get full Elaine Bennis until I don't know what point it was, but definitely when we saw him in 2019.
Rogers ripping it up with some fills at the end there. Great show. <laughs> Gardo saying too bad John Lord did not have a keytar. Oh, wow. <laughs> that would have been a phase. I would have loved to have seen. <laughs> you made a big difference. Thank you. You're fantastic. Yeah, he goes out there and does the choreography with them. <laughs> yes. That would have been so bad. <laughs> While Gillen's in the background waving his hands around. <laughs> that would have been something he would have lived to regret. <laughs> Um, not us. I would love to have had <laughs> he that on a video. Key tar. He had like a, a Hammond tar. He has this giant thing. <laughs> Hammond it's, tar. It's on like little wheels, like on a dolly, and he's like he's moving it back and forth, huffing <laughs> and puffing because it weighs like six hundred pounds. <laughs> it's got the, the it's the it's a key tar, but it's got two levels, like the uh, the Hammond keys. He's pulling <laughs> all the draw bars and everything on it. That would be amazing. Hey, if anybody could pull it off, it would have been him. Yeah. Oh, there was Colin Hart backstage. Yeah, what a show, man. Yeah, excellent show. Wow. <laughs> John Lord almost he almost walked outside he took the, almost walked out the fire exit <laughs> like first I forget the intro to Perfect Strangers and now this <laughs> yeah, he's see Colin Hart's got the, the, the flashlight he's showing everyone the way out because everyone would have went the wrong way well to be fair the arrow was pointing the other way what should you drop or something like that and I said no I'm gonna I think I messed that up. Gillen saying something at the end here. Let's see. Someone said the other day, you know, rock till you drop or something like that. And I said, no, I'm going to rock till I roll. Is there a trick to the reason why Deep Purple survives for such a long time? I think, I don't know, there's a spirit to this band that just refuses to die, even though it's been uh, put down a few times. Fortunately, we're not surrounded by sycophants. <laughs> Funny people asking them, are you going to rock till you drop? And how have you lasted long? And a lot of active and participations from our fans. And they're only, what, halfway through their run at this point? <laughs> yeah. About 18 inches, Charlie. <laughs> so you and I play the thing. The guitarist can So right now I'm enjoying it very much. So I'm going to rock till I roll. 
<laughs> he the face. He's like, I'm gonna rock till I roll. He like rolls his Meh. eyes. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's cheesy. What are you gonna do? Love yeah, it. it was great. That's uh, what we're doing. We're loving it. Before, oh, this program is dedicated to the memory of Neil Pollard. Look up Neil Pollard. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um. All right. So before we uh, carry on with the end of the episode, we, of course, have to thank our next level of patrons. And that is the foundation. Yes. The foundation level patrons. There we, there we go. Oh, no, I'm core level patrons. Sorry. <laughs> I'm wrong. At the $7.77 keep it warm rat tier, we have Michael Vader at the... Uh, $6.99, the new nice price tier. We have, of course, Spike the Rock Cat and Sugar Tea. At the $6.66, episode $6.66 tier, we have Steve Coldwell and Arthur Smith. Getting support from the patron Arthur Smith. Anton Glaving and Charles Meadows. At the $6.65 almost evil tier, we have Kenny Wymore and Michael Bagford. At the $5.99, the nice price tier, Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois, and Carl Helberg. And at the 60 kroner Scandinavian Knights tier, we have Newt, Morton, Johansson. Coming to us straight from hell, Norway. At the $5.55, what's going on here tier? Richard Fusey. At the $5 money lender tier, John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Elman, Alexi, this perfect stranger, Slepikov, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Zerns, Cynthia Doobie, Raf, Calf, and Coyote Bong Water. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple podcast. Woo! All right. So what do you think? So what do we have to say in conclusion about that incredible show we just witnessed? Uh, that was something else. I mean, I agree with everybody in the chat. Like, you you don't... Sometimes you just hear of the, a random concert from, you know, the, the say, the Morse era, and you're just... You see it and still blown away, you know? Yep. I mean, I know I was. It was unexpected pleasure. Yeah, really. You know, everybody was playing great. They were having fun. It was funny. There were moments that were like funny. They were funny on stage. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to, hard to have any criticism of the show. And like yeah. I said, people much like ourselves, we're just sleeping on them at this point because what a what a great show. You get to hear some newer tracks. You get to hear a lot of the old classics. And for those people, for those sad individuals who are no Blackmore, no purple, they, they you know, they really missed out because this is just uh, incredible, incredible playing. Yeah. Um, I don't see how you can hear that and 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 feel like, oh, man, it's just not the same because it's not Blackmore. I mean, yeah, it's not Blackmore and Blackmore is incredible. And like we talked about earlier, you've got these four guitar players now and you've got Blackmore, who was the, you know, who's a genius and very, you know, like the, the stereotypical, like, I don't want to say tortured genius, but, you know, like a guy who, you know, 
artistically a, has to have his way and is maybe difficult more, genius. Yeah, the difficult genius. Yeah. And then you've got Tommy Bolin, who is just kind of the, you know, unfortunately, you know, the troubled genius uh, in a different way, who was, you know, probably a little bit more um, pliable and a little bit more easy to get along with, but also had his demons to, to battle. And unfortunately, he lost. You've got Steve Morse, who is a virtuoso. And um, we took the band and, you know, it was a little bit more proggy and stuff. And then you've got Simon, who kind of is, I, I don't want to say it's he's probably the final gu guitarist for the band, but he probably <laughs> is. And you know, he kind of encapsulates like a good combination of everyone that's ever played like he can. And I've seen so many people online saying, oh, we love that he can what he does with the Blackmore stuff and he mm -hmm. can do the more stuff. He can, I mean, he's just this great all around player and it's just a, a, a really, really mm -hmm. good, um, a, a, a good fit for the band and their, what has to be their final stage at this point. But, you know, there, they were 25 years ago talking about, um, how old they were and how long they've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and here it is 25 years later, 26 years later. And, uh, or, well, 25, yeah, 25 years later. And we're, um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to go another 25. That would be unlikely, but you know, who knows? It could be another year. It could be another two years, but we've been saying that for five years now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and here they go. All right. Well, before we, uh, take it to the, the end. Oh, oh, one thing I should mention, I, I did order this and it came in just in time for the show. This is um, a single, a CD single of Black Knight and Fireball from this performance. Hmm. And you'll see right on there, it says, um, do not play in car CD player or CD stacker. For those of you that remember those items. And when you open it up, you'll see why. Um, oh, I lose the liner notes here. It's a... Uh, it's a little, it's a CD, but it's shaped like Australia. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh, um, yeah. So, that's neat. Um, so yeah, I think if you put that in your, your, if you had one of those little trunk CD players in your, in, in your car, that might uh, destroy it forever. <laughs> um, did you ever have one of those? No. no. Jeff had one in his trunk. You'd have to go into your trunk and you'd load them all up and you'd have to know which was which. Oh, yeah. Seemed like oh, a, yeah. Seemed like a pain in the ass. No, I had one of those. Um, I had one of those in my room. Like I had like the twenty-five disc changer or whatever. You did at my house. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, That's a little easier in the house. Yeah. Never. I mean, I probably knew people that had them like in there. So like, oh, I gotta change out CDs. I got. We gotta pull over. It's like, okay. Gardo said you didn't have one in the Beretta. Nope. <laughs> no, I barely had a tape player in the Beretta. <laughs> yeah, barely. <laughs> and Scott says, here's a CD you can't play for you. <laughs> yeah, you can play it in just like a, you know, if you have if you've got a standard tray CD player, you should be OK. Um, mm. I only ever had the five disc carousel, really. But yeah, anyway, yeah. there you go. Um, so going on to our next level of patrons, we have at the three dollar and fifty cent Deep purple New York tier, we have Lord Longford. At the three pound aromatic feed tier, Simon Ford. At the $3.33 halfway to evil tier, Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leesk. At the $3 nobody's perfect tier, Peter Gardeau. 
Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Stuart McCord. We have Flight of the Rat Bat Blue Light. Oh, wait, I'm just supposed to play it, right? Okay. We we have Ivan Fielbu. Runar Siemensen. Oops. <laughs> oh, God. Nate's losing it, everybody. It's falling apart. JJ Snard. Ruinous inadequacies. John Maselli. Pretty hot around here. Uh, at the oh, oh, sorry, Michael Boyette and Corey Morissette at the one dollar and seventy one cent. I want my own tier. Tier, we have Rich <laughs> at the ten kroner tier. Karsten Lau at the one dollar made up name tier. The Black Fright Leaky Mausoleum. We have Steven Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, <coughs> Blackmore Tights, Steve Down to Earth Kohler, Zwapper the Electric Alchemist, Anders Engstrom, and Ashley Still I Hear Burn Rose. Thank you so, so much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. All right, there you have it. Another live show, this time from the Abandoned Tour, under our belts, as we wrap up yet another episode of the Deep Purple Podcast. All right. Anything else before we wrap up? Any any uh, housekeeping agenda items we need to go over? No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to, th- whenever you do that, I'm like, I don't know, do we? Like, is there anything else? I feel like there should be, and then... No. I think the the only thing is, we'll see you next uh, next week at the um, at the Glenn Hughes show. <laughs> Said have a great time at Hughes Shaylor. <laughs> Hughes Shaylor. <laughs> you thought you liked Hughes Thrall. Now get oh. ready for Hughes, Hughes Shaylor. I can just oh. imagine like uh, Rich and, and, and Hughes singing together and Rich like, you know, sings his part. And Hughes just goes over the top doing his Hughes thing. And Rich is just like, because uh. Rich can belt it out there, but he sure can. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't go, uh, he doesn't go overboard. Like, no, <laughs> he's no, a he little doesn't. more. Um, I don't know what the right word is. Decorum. Restrained. Restraint. Definitely restraint is the word. Yeah. He's singing for the song. Hughes is singing for the passion. All right. Well, we'll see. I'm going to be on a plane, and on by the time this you're you're hearing this, I'll be on my way to scenic Worcester, Massachusetts, home of uh, the '80s, (laughs) 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 where it's still the '80s. Sure, I'm sure there'll be more than one uh, jean jacket with back patches on it at the show. Ooh. We should have an over-under on how many we think we're going to see mm, and what the back, back patches would be. Not, are you wearing yours? Are you wearing a jean jacket? Well, I have a jean jacket. I won't. There's no back patches on it. Oh, uh, okay. You should get some. <laughs> get a Hughes Thrall back patch. <laughs> oh, wow. That'd be you awesome. I, wait a minute. Hang on. I'm, 
<laughs> the line to the He's minute. on eBay already. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say I'm looking at the chat, waiting for like somebody to send me an eBay link to it, so I can go. has <laughs> got it. a huge thrall postcard. He's gonna send you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a huge thrall postcard for you. Oh, Gardot's saying, yeah, the line to the men's restroom. We'll have to see if it's uh, similar to the Deep Purple show. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right. Well, I'll see you next week. I'll really see you next week in person. And when we come back woo! to you, we'll be. Uh, yeah. To, to, <laughs> Mark, Mark saying over under on walkers. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey. All never right. know. Yep, I'll be on my way there. Can't wait to see all of you folks. Yeah, and uh, our, our next episode should be a little recap. So we'll, we'll see you then. All right. All right. Later, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. I told I told the people in the chat that John's going to get a hello from me and he's not going to like it. No, I didn't like it. I saw that and I was like, all right, you need to calm down, okay? <laughs> the second I sent it, you signed on. <laughs> that, was not, that was a coincidence. We'd like to do the title track of uh, the album Perfect Strangers and the song's called Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers.